Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Today's conversation is with Jennifer Griffin, and Jennifer has a psychology background by trade and training. Uh, she's done some really cool things on top of that, like writing two books, for instance, understanding morning sickness as a gift and understanding your child as a spiritual gift. So we chat about that as well as her five home birth experiences, one of which includes a miscarriage and another an 11 pound baby. Isn't that amazing? And we talk a lot about her experience with hyperemesis gravidarum or HG. And that's the condition that quite a few women experience of extreme nausea and vomiting during pregnancy. And the first time I heard of that, and you might be thinking this too, isn't that what Kate Middleton had? Yes, that's where it got popularized for me. But we go in on that topic and discuss the emotional, physical, spiritual everything that has to do with the illness as well as, you know, the pregnancy, birth, and postpartum experience. It is a truly powerful conversation, and I'm so grateful to Jennifer for hanging out with us and sharing all that she has to. So I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Real quick, before we jump into the conversation at hand, I have to give a shout out to our sponsor of the day, and that is Bump Boxes. Bump Boxes is a monthly subscription service tailored to pregnant women around their guest state. And each month you get a box, a bump box that is, of awesome, full-size, by the way, products, safe, healthy, tailored to you to take you through the pregnancy journey and into postpartum and even up to baby's birthday. And when you use the code D-I-A-H when you place your order and you sign up for a subscription, you get 35% off your first box. So go to bumpboxes.com, check it out. Like I said, that code D-I-A-H lets them know that we sent you and also gets you a sweet discount of 35% off. And I received my own bump box, you guys, and this thing's legit. (laughs) There's awesome stuff in there. I got a water bottle, lip balm, lotion, a massager, a headband, all kinds of cool things that when you open up the box when you're pregnant, because let's face it, when you're pregnant and you're preparing for birth, you're getting all the baby gear, you're getting all the stuff, which is so much fun, but it's also great to feel pampered and loved on yourself and to receive something for you to enjoy and feel loved on during this pregnancy experience. And so Bump Boxes provides that experience. So go check it out. Again, bumpboxes.com. Use the code D-I-A-H. All right. Here is our conversation with Jennifer Griffin. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. 
The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame, so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. And I want to say how much I love your podcast and I love that name, Doing It at Home. (laughs) Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Jennifer, I'm really excited to talk to you. You have a lot of things to share. There's a lot of things that we're going to unpack in this conversation. But before we do all of that, can you just share a little bit about yourself, your background, your family, where you live, things like that? Yes, I am the mother of four children ages 7 to 17 who were all born at home. And um, before I had children, I was studying psychology and working on my master's degree, which I finished up after my first daughter was born. Awesome. Wonderful. So, I love that perspective that you bring, given your profession and then also given your experience of home birth. And then as a result, you know, we were chatting a little bit before we hit record about the impact that home birth and your births have had on you in terms of really your trajectory of your your expertise and what you have now shared with the world in the form of your books. And we're going to talk about those in a minute too. Um, but just really what an impact birth has had on you. Is, it, is that correct? Yes. As I say in my book, Understanding Morning Sickness as a Gift, um, birth at home is a fa- magnificent, empowering entrance into motherhood. Mm. And that's what it was for me. There was so many natural techniques that I learned. I'm originally from the East Coast, and I had just been telling you that I grew up on Pop-Tarts and watching 90210, and now I live in Berkeley, California, living a very holistic, natural life. And I really owe so much of that to how much I learned from my midwives some specific information, but also how much they taught me to return to myself and my intuition and learn to listen within. Mm, That's powerful. I love that. So what was your introduction into birth and choosing home birth? What was that process for you and how did it come to that decision? Well, I had always heard about it and was somewhat drawn to things that were outside the norm. However, again, I was raised very traditionally and was bought into the Western medical model and had fear around it. And then my first pregnancy, which ended in a miscarriage, was with hyperemesis gravidarum, which is a severe form of morning sickness. 
And during that process, I was in the hospital on IVs, having a a terrible reaction to a drug called Compazine, where I lost muscle control of my face and neck. I was forced to be catheterized when I was completely down and out and dehydrated. And they, I pleaded with them not to do it. I pleaded with them to give me the IV so then they could do the ultrasound and my bladder would be filled and that we wouldn't have to do the whole catheter and they wouldn't listen to me. And all of this happened. um, And so I was losing my faith and I was very frustrated. And then I ended up having a nine hour labor miscarrying my baby at 13 weeks at home and the power my body had and the, um, it was amazing to me that my body knew what to do. And all my other labors were 18 hours long with irregular contractions all the way through. And my first birth was the only textbook birth class where they say you're going to have contractions 20 minutes apart, 10 minutes apart, five minutes, one minute. And that happened to me. And then after the baby came, who was fully formed, it was absolutely amazing. Fingers and toes were still stuck together. Um, Only one and a half inches long. It was so empowering that then I went to go tell my partner and I then had another big contraction and I went back into the bathroom and birthed this placenta into the bowl. And I was like, wow, this is also like my body knows what to do. And I really write about gifts and difficulties being um, about how challenges uh, are really gifts and difficulties are really gifts. And that's really what I write about. And from that moment, I was like, I will forever be grateful to this first pregnancy for the miscarriage because it gave me the courage to give birth at home. Wow. And as I like to say, divorce myself from Western medicine. Mm. Mm. So I have, I have two questions about that experience. One, what made you want to have the, the labor and the process at home? Was there a point where you made that decision of whether or not to, you know, go to a doctor or go to a hospital or you, you felt that you just wanted to be at home? Where, where did that decision come in? I started bleeding and cramping at 6 p.m. at night and I called my um, doctor and the doctor said, you're probably miscarrying and actually said to me, you can probably do this at home. Wow. Um, you can go to the doc, you can go to the emergency room if you want to. And I had already had so many negative emergency room experiences with this pregnancy with the hyperemesis. I knew I didn't want to go anywhere, especially to during such an emotionally vulnerable time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then it just con- continued proceeding to happen and, and it didn't, you know, nothing super alarming happened during that process. I mean, she didn't tell me to look for anything special or anything and mm-hmm. it just all worked itself out. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. And then my, my other question is how do you think you were able to process that experience and the way you talk about it and the way it seems you moved out of that experience? You know, you said recognizing challenges as gifts and the gratitude you experienced and the almost awe you had for your body and the whole process. What do you think allowed you to, to move through it in that way and have that sort of perspective on it rather than you know, how it impacts other women, I would imagine going quite the opposite way or, or not really experiencing it that way. What about you or maybe experiences prior gave you that uh, takeaway from it? Well, I think it developed over time. I don't mm-hmm. think right in that moment, I knew that I was going to be writing books about how thankful I was for this experience. Right. However, I think meeting the midwives and talking to them about this whole process, they were so interested. They wanted to see my pictures I had taken of the baby. They wanted to see the placenta pictures. They noted the placenta was so much larger. Um, they, I, and I was really coming to a place where I wanted to feel more power somehow. And they were really doing that for me. So I think it just all came together. And then my next birth with them was such a positive experience where, again, I could do something myself. My body knew what to do. Mm. That's that's amazing. And so then the rest of your births, your your uh, remaining four births and of your four children that you have now, where all of those births were at home, did you work with midwives for each of them? Yes, I had the same midwives, Awakening Birth Services. Um, Deborah Simone was with all the births, and then Julie Tilsner were with the last three births, I think. So it was, um, it wasn't just the births that's so amazing. Mm -hmm. I really want to tell people, I know the model is different across the country, but for me, our midwives and the typical care out here is six weeks of postpartum care. And that was really absolutely amazing. So they came to my house every other day for the first two weeks. And then they came once a week after that. And that was just truly fantastic. You could ask nursing questions, baby questions, your body questions. So I did not go to a doctor after the birth and my babies did not go to doctors after the birth for a couple of them. There were doctors willing to visit at home. So then they could be covered in their practice. Mm. Um, The other thing that I think um, was really important to me too, was I was bedridden for most of my pregnancies until I overcame hyperemesis in the fifth pregnancy. So the midwives came to my house and did all the prenatal care at my house. And they even drew my blood from my bed and sent it to the lab. That's, that's some remarkable care right there. (laughs) I love it. I love hearing that. That's so great that that was available to you and is available to other women. And, you know, you, you, 
kind of mentioned that's not the case everywhere, but it could be. And as long as people are modeling that, as long as the midwives like the ones you worked with are modeling that, there's opportunity for that postpartum care to uh, just expand and become all the more richer and supportive and magical. (laughs) And I even talk about um, in my book, a fantasy that I have that insurance companies will start paying for prepartum care mm. for people who have bedridden conditions like hyperemesis or other, there's so many conditions mm-hmm. that I imagine a world where these doulas would come in and cook whole processed food, help you with your other children, attend to you, maybe even be trained in alternative techniques like EMDR, um, and acupuncture, because I really believe there's so much more we could be doing and so many better ways we could be spending our money and resources. And I know it's a bit of a naive wish, but until we know what we want to wish for, we can't manifest it. Oh, 100%. I was just talking to Matthew about something very similar to that the other day. If you don't know what you want, it can be very easy to be upset and, and, you know, underwhelmed with your current experience and know that you don't want that, but you don't know what you want different. So that's another topic, but I totally agree with you. And I think that's awesome. Uh, I do want to talk for a minute about the HG, the hyperemesis. I don't have much familiarity with it. I've never known anyone personally who's experienced it. Um, So I'd love for you to just kind of enlighten me and then any other listeners who aren't familiar with it, the condition and kind of what comes with it. And then in that, you know, anything you experienced as well or part of what your journey was with it, I'd love to hear. Hyperemesis gravidarum, referred to as HD, as I said, is a severe form of morning sickness, which needs some sort of medical intervention. Sometimes that's requiring medication that you take. Sometimes that it's IV rehydration um, or other hydration, other losses such as I had potassium loss and had to get IV potassium, which burns very severely through your veins. And then on the severest continuum, women end up sometimes hospitalized for months and on tube feeding. Wow. So it can get very, very severe. So as I said, I was in my master's program with my, finished it with my second birth, um, but my first live birth. And it was in between that time that I developed my thesis, which was on hyperemesis gravidarum. And there wasn't any internet back then or Facebook and people were still wondering how to support this illness. And my thesis was how much you need social support and how much that makes a difference because you become so isolated. And the medical treatment through the 1980s was as archaic as withhold the vomiting bowl from the patient Mm. as a punishment. Um, So now they, they're continuing to look for medical answers, and they have yet to find a medical answer. They give you anti-nausea drugs they give to chemotherapy patients. That's pretty standard treatment now. But it still isn't. It's helping control the vomiting some, but it, the nausea is something that I cannot describe how intense the, the nausea is 
so debilitating that I had to sit in a dark room for five months, not letting any light in um, just to maintain. Wow. Because if I found if I participated in the world, my nausea would go through the roof and then I would start vomiting and then I couldn't keep food down and you lose weight and um, as you're growing a baby and it's pretty intense. So for me, since the medical community couldn't find an answer, I look to alternative medicine mm. and I look towards emotional and spiritual roots. And I found that for me, hyperemesis was tied to unresolved trauma, specifically sexual abuse, and that I already had known that existed and that I was a survivor, but I had more layers to unpeel. And I really believe your children come to give you messages, mm-hmm. and they kind of were gifts coming to tell me it's okay you can peel away these layers. So I had to make a lot of changes with my oldest daughter. I was married to someone else and I went through a divorce and had to um, really search emotionally, develop a spiritual life and realize how my abuse had set the stage for me to develop rigid perfectionism. And that as I examined all those issues, I um, was finally able to, in my fifth pregnancy, have a normal pregnancy and have that blissful second trimester that people talk about. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Um, In addition to the emotional and spiritual, the alternative techniques, we taught ourselves how to do acupuncture at home. Mm. My husband did acupuncture on me every other day um, during it because that is very effective for this condition. However, it's cost prohibitive and difficult to go to the office every other day when you can barely leave your house. Um, And we also relied on a lot of other techniques like Maya, Mayan abdominal massage um, and um, eating lots of protein. That's a really great thing and not having carbohydrates. That's a really great cure for um, actually a lot of you were talking about other um, difficult pregnancy complications, preeclampsia. That's another one, high protein. My midwives were really into whole foods and protein and watching how much protein you ate and really pushing, pushing, pushing protein. Mm. Got it. So then protein in what forms, like what sort of things were you eating that helped you? 
I was eating straight up meat. I had been a vegetarian for nine and a half years before um, I had hyperemesis Mm. and I couldn't eat anything for weeks and weeks and losing weight. And then I ate nine pieces of Kentucky fried chicken in one sitting and it was shocking. So I stopped becoming a vegetarian. And then in the end, in my fifth pregnancy, you know, the Kentucky fried chicken was not healthy and it was breaded and it had still some carbs on it. Well, by the end, I would eat three hamburgers and three hot dogs for breakfast alone um, in my last pregnancy because I still had morning sickness. Mm -hmm. I just didn't ever need to have medical intervention for it. I mean, I had pretty bad morning sickness, but I was still able to leave the house and function. And that high protein really with no carbs. Mm. really made a huge difference. Wow. That there's so much to that, to what you just described. First of all, I appreciate you for, you know, sharing and being so transparent about your process and, you know, to undergo that healing for yourself, you know, from your first birth to, to your last, you know, that's like a 10 year window, correct? So that's over the course of, of years and, and having more babies and, learning and uncovering, you know, peeling back the layers to that healing. Um, that sounds like incredible transformation to, to talk about the debilitating nature of the HG that you were experiencing in the beginning to be able to use the word blissful by your last pregnancy and birth experience. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Well, I had waited and waited for that second trimester that I had heard and everything, you're going to be fine. The second trimester, everything changes. And I just waiting, waiting. And I wanted it so badly. And I couldn't believe I woke up one day, like the 13th week of my last pregnancy. And I, I wasn't nauseous. And I was shocked. Mm. I was like, wow. And then it only lasted, um, for the second trimester, because I was 40 years old when the, with my last birth. And um, by the third trimester, this is another pregnancy complication that can happen. My pubic bone split. Ooh. And I really thought HG was something. But then when my pubic bone split and I was down on the floor in the most excruciating pain I had ever imagined. And now with hyperemesis, I could go to the bathroom by myself. Now there was not like, I didn't know what I was going to do. But then these midwives, I am telling you, these midwives have so many skills and surprises up their sleeves that it's amazing. And I called them and they were like, Oh, okay, we'll be there in an hour. And they came and reset it back into place. And on top of it taught my husband how to do it. It's a very simple chiropractic move and they just press with their thumb on your pubic bone and they said it couldn't happen again. So that's why they wanted him to know. So my husband and I stayed in constant contact for the rest of the pregnancy and it did happen a couple more times. And I've met women who've been in wheelchairs, bed rest and doctors aren't telling them or don't know about this simple chiropractic move to let you move forward. Oof. That, 
that's something. And so you, you know, you talk about midwives with such, you know, love and admiration and rightfully so. I completely agree. You even have a chapter in the book, Understanding Morning Sickness as a Gift, called The Magic of Midwives. Um, Can you expand upon that a little bit and why you felt moved to, you know, title it that and what you, what you talk about in that chapter? Well, because of all these things, that technique just continues to amaze me that there's like a solution to this severely debilitating condition that everyone isn't talking about. Mm. Um, the other things, amazing things that I include in there are like the placenta capsules that they make. So they oh. took my placenta and made half into capsules to help with postpartum depression or anxiety, psychosis. And they take the other half to put in a tincture for menopause. Mm. So they did that for all of my placentas. They, for my first um, live birth, they did, they didn't, um, I tore because um, my daughter's fist was at her head. And as she came out and they did not stitch me, they told me that stitches make more damage to the skin because you have to make more holes in the skin to already damage skin and that if you keep your legs together for two weeks um and really rest and stay in bed your body can heal in it on its own and yeah it's a little tricky to get out of bed you know keeping your legs straight to go to the bathroom and stuff um but just all these things they know and can tell you that isn't kind of common knowledge that we've kind of lost this ancient knowledge mm. and they're the holders of this information. Yes. I, yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say. You can see how eloquent I am right now, just because that's a lot of truth. And my reaction is just, yeah. <laughs> they also, I mean, it's magical in one way because they hold this, um, ancient information, but on another way, they're so practical. And I think that some people are worried that what are they going to do when the emergency happens? Well, when I gave birth age 40 to a 11 pound, three ounce baby, I started hemorrhaging, no surprise. And what do they do? They have a shot of Pitocin with them. They give it to me in my thigh so that I stop bleeding Mm. so that they're prepared on so many levels on another one it was really hard for me to stand up after birth and they had oxygen tanks with them and they, which they often use for the babies, but they said, we often give it to the mothers. And I felt so much better after I had that oxygen. So I think that they're more prepared than people know. So it's not just like magic frou-frou, like they know these really practical, great things to do when something doesn't go as planned. Mm. Yes. And you went right into what my next question or comment was going to be. And your youngest oak was 11 pounds at birth, right? And so then you you covered that for me right there. <laughs> That's incredible. It was incredible. He could hold his head up and he was so muscular. It was absolutely amazing. He was not a newborn. Mm. It was really- <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. And I want to say I did not tear with my mm-hmm. over 11 pound baby. Mm. And I am not a 
I am five six, one hundred and twenty pounds. Mm. Like I am not a um a, a woman that many people would say, "Oh, you of course you birthed an eleven pound baby." Right. No. Um. So let's talk about the book for a second, a little bit more around understanding morning sickness as a gift. What inspired it? And who is it for? And what will you get out of, you know, reading the book? Because it seems like there's a lot of great nuggets in there. And the title is what it is, but it's so much more. Isn't that right? It is so much more. And the subtitle is an introspective story of healing and hope from a hyperemesis gravidarm survivor. Mm. So really, it's part memoir, part resource guide for anyone struggling with any chronic condition, pregnancy related or not. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of hands-on healing techniques described. I'm really into DIY. So do-it-yourself EMDR. I'm really into empowering people not to have to, because normally you have to go to a, you have to become a therapist and then like do six years of training and then go to an additional workshop to know what EMDR is. And I really want to empower people to be able to do healing themselves. So that's what this book, it describes acupuncture where you can get your own acupuncture needles, specifically acupuncture for the, for morning sickness. Um, But now that with the internet, you can get all this information, but really the book is all about, you can heal this yourself. It's not that you don't use midwives and other providers along the way, but that you have to come back to yourself because the answers are within you. And the book really I think inspires you to start thinking about regaining some of that power that unfortunately our medical model in this country likes to strip you of that power. And there's so much healing that needs to be done. Mm. Agreed. That's so so well said. Mm -hmm. The book will help those with any range of morning sickness. I would say, Least likely to the people with severe, I do not go into severe hyperemesis in this book. Um, And again, if you're struggling with any chronic condition and you want to look into the emotional and spiritual aspects, as long as get some alternative healing techniques that aren't really talked about a lot, but are very powerful and effective and simple. I like simple also. Mm. Yeah. Cause when you think about it, when you're pregnant and you're preparing for birth and there's a lot of stuff going on and there's a lot of mental, emotional, physical things happening. And so you don't necessarily want to, or at least for me, you know, everyone's different, but feel like you have to learn a whole lot of different things and different techniques and that you need to become the expert in everything when you don't really have to, if you have trusted, you know, rich resources in people, in books, in courses, whatever that have done that for you and can just distill it to you now in a way that you can use for yourself and it can serve you. You know, that's what we want. I feel like that's what a lot of mamas want right now. Those who aren't interested in necessarily becoming the experts on all of these things, because we're thinking about having a baby and then taking care of that baby afterwards. So it's a lot. When I think that the most powerful thing the midwives did to me was put that 
back that intuition back into me so that when you are presented with all of these options, you know which one speaks to you and which direction you should go in. So is it acupuncture that would work for you? Is it cranial sacral? And you, if you have the resources, then you can put your resources towards acupuncture. But if you don't have the resources, what I want to encourage is you can also learn to do it yourself. That's that's awesome. And I, I do want to touch on it real quick, take a few steps back, because when you first mentioned it, I didn't know what it was, but then I kind of remembered what EMDR is just for those who are listening and were like, oh, I don't know what that is. And they're going to be Googling it afterwards. So what are just a couple of points that you could give as far as what that is and how it's helpful? Well, it helps reprogram um, the two hemispheres of your brain to communicate. So mm. when you're locked into trauma, you go into usually your dominant side of your brain. And when you're only functioning from one side of your brain, you can't function as clearly. So this is a simple technique where you just um, either follow someone's finger or there's things you can hold in your hands that vibrate back and forth mm. so that you're reestablishing that connection between the corpus callosum, which is a tube that connects the left and right hemispheres. Mm. Okay. okay. And it EM, EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprogramming and has been used for a lot of trauma victims and PTSD. And um, if you just Google EMDR, though, it comes up. You don't right. have to type in all the long words. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that in case there were any like... Hmm, and I simply, I simply explain it in actually both of my books haven't because I feel like it's a very simple, powerful technique that you can do with a friend or your partner. Mm. That's great. That's awesome. So what's, what's up for you next or what are you working on? What are you doing? Um, how can people connect with you uh, as, and just see all the other awesome things you have going on? Well, I'm working on lots of different writing projects. I love to write mm -hmm. again, how, um, adversity is a gift and finding that for yourself to get yourself to, to help heal yourself, particularly when there are no simple concrete answers. Mm. Um, so I have a lot of books that I'm working on. Um, one is understanding generational patterns as a gift, because I'm very interested in how things repeat. Uh, um, in families at the same age and the same within the same kind of pattern of I have three girls and my mom is one of three girls. And then my dad had three sisters and the younger brother. And that's also what I have in my family. Um, and any unresolved trauma that goes along with that. So um, I'm also working on a memoir um, a full memoir of my life and my transition to growing up on the East Coast and in a traditional lifestyle, but somewhat of a wild child 
and how I've transformed that into healing my soul and emotions. Um, I have another book called Understanding Your Child as a Spiritual Gift, Mm. which talks about how your child expresses your unexpressed emotions. And when you can find a way to authentically express, whether it's an email you got from your mother-in-law that's bothering you today and you haven't told anyone, so your child is throwing a tantrum, as soon as you can express yourself, the child magically stops throwing a tantrum. It's very, very fascinating. And that is somewhat memoirish also about our second daughter screamed for two and a half years of her life and had beyond colic and how using this theory um, calmed her and made her into the most lighthearted, easygoing child. All right. Well, so you can <laughs> yeah. con- contact me on my website, which is spiritualgiftinstitute.com. I would love to answer any questions that you have about home birth or illness and how to heal on your own. Mm, That's wonderful. And I'll include links to all of that. So the two current books you can access now that you can purchase now are Understanding Morning Sickness as a Gift and Understanding Your Child as a Spiritual Gift. Um, Like you just mentioned, Jennifer, I'll have links to that and I'll have links to spiritualgiftinstitute.com. Jennifer Griffin, you are a gift yourself. Thank you so much for sharing part of your gifts, talents, passions with us here on the show and with our listeners. Uh, You're wonderful. I'm just so grateful to you and to all of your experiences, which have collectively, you know, gathered to make you who you are now and who you can be now for others. So it's, it's fantastic. Thank you again. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much for having me. And thank you so much for having this platform and it spreading the awareness about how wonderful home birth can be. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>